All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What a magnificent Monday afternoon. How are you? And welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Live on Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Where right now, Order fans, oh, they are celebrating. Uh, excited as uh, their team has uh, won two in a row. Uh, Connor McDavid is uh, back to being the uh, dominant player that he is that uh, you have seen for the last few years well but almost since he uh, came in the nhl to be honest and uh for him uh four points in nine games was uh was pedestrian for him uh but uh, he has now rolled off 12 points in his last four games uh last monday when we came on the show connor mcdavid was in 108th place in the scoring race today 16th. He's tied for 13th, but he is a 16th because of goals. So from 108 to 16, it's a pretty good week. Three goals, nine assists, 12 points. More importantly for the orders, uh, two games where they uh, allow two goals total, score 13. Wasn't the prettiest start by any stretch last night. Uh, very few people, very few teams will play a great 60 minutes, as you like to say, but... Their uh, penalty kill continued to be good. Their power play went two for six. They uh, they outshot the Ducks. Not a lot, right? Scored eight goals on 26 shots. It's not Tampa Bay. Did you see Tampa Bay's recent game where they had eight goals on 15 shots? Like, are you kidding me? But three points for Hyman, four points for McDavid, three points for Nurse, two for Drysettle Kane. Uh, Nugent Hopkins had, a, had another goal. So uh, overall, Pretty solid performance by the Edmonton owners. Uh, now uh, they will watch the Vegas Golden Knights, who are in Calgary tonight, and then they'll host Vegas tomorrow. Should be a little extra juice in the building, I would think. As hey, uh, they're the team that uh, stole the orders' uh, dream last year. And uh, Edmonton, hey, make no mistake, the first quarter of the season has not been stellar by any stretch of the imagination. The Edmonton orders, uh, despite their two wins, they uh, still sit. In 13th place in the Western Conference. They are uh, six back of Seattle, who currently holds down the second wildcard spot. Uh, They do have two games in hand. But Nashville's got 20 points. Arizona has 20 points. Calgary, 19. And uh, Anaheim, 18. The uh, orders with 15. uh, They have games in hand on Anaheim, Calgary, and then two on uh, Seattle. St. Louis. The uh, the only team in the wild card race that has a points percentage above 500. So it's a little bit of a turtle race right now. It's no question. 
it could uh, it could pick up, but when you look at the history of it, because we've got a lot of texts coming in already, 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. You know, how many points do you think it's going to take to make the playoffs? Well, if I knew the exact number, I'd go to playalberta.ca right now and crunk it down. Hey, so I can't say for certain. You don't know what's going to happen. But you can look and say how many of these teams are going to get super hot. There are, you know, we've seen one year the second wildcard team had 97 points and really needed 95 to get in because the ninth place team had 94. 2015, Minnesota Wild were the second wildcard team. They had 87 points, but the ninth place team had 82. So in theory, you only needed 83 points to get in. All right, there's other years of 90. I would say right now, I wouldn't be shocked if the second wildcard team ends up with 89 points. I, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Like, look at the teams. How good is is Arizona? Like, they're a 500 team right now. Do you think they're going to be that much better in their final 62 games? The Calgary Flames, I think, can be better than what they are. I think Edmonton can be better than what they are. Nashville, eh, probably slightly better because of UC Soros, but not a massive amount. Seattle, they lost a lot. And last year, they had the perfect storm. So many guys on their team contributed. It's really difficult to just have that many guys contribute. It's hard. So I think Seattle's kind of who they are. St. Louis, they got a lot of talent, actually, on that team. Now you see former Royal King Jake Neighbor starting to find his way. Good for him. He's got up to seven goals now in 20 games, including I think he's got five in his last six games. So he's starting to find it. It's good for him. But Seattle... Is just one, you know, one technically a point under 500, but they're minus 16 in the goal four goals against differentials. So, um, you know, the orders are minus eight. Now they had the one blowout loss to Vancouver. They had the one blowout win to, to Anaheim. The rest kind of even out. They're respective. I think, like I've said all along, they're deserving of the record to this point in the season. They haven't played great. Now, their last eight games, they've shown signs of, okay, we can come around. They scored 31 goals in their first 12 games. They have 35 in their last eight. So their offense is coming around. Their penalty kill in the last seven games, 89%. It's training in the right direction. Their power play, we always knew the power play was going to come back. Right? Overall goals against are down, still not as low as they would like. But in their last uh, eight games, they're up to 16th in goals against. Considering they were 31st, that's a pretty good improvement. So uh, there are lots of uh, arrows pointing in favor of the uh, Edmonton owners. We'll get to all of that. Of course, the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Go all in on excitement with PlayAlberta.ca and sign up today. Use the code SPORTS50 and get a $50 free bet at PlayAlberta.ca. Big weekend. Man, if you're a football fan, NFL had some Unbelievable games. Very entertaining. The Houston game? Are you kidding me? Houston-Jacksville, that was unreal. They lose it on a on a field goal that's right down the pipe. Comes up just a tad short, hits the bar. Then you had Jake Elliott later on in the sleet, crushing a 59-yard line drive to tie that game late, and then Philly wins it in overtime. After... Allen and Gabe, I don't know what happened there, run the wrong route, he threw the wrong way, but man, it looked like he was wide open. That should have been a, could have been the game winning touchdown in overtime for the Bills. And, uh, Bills fans out there, probably a little concerned, a little concerned with their team. Like, look where they are in the standings, right? Like, they're, hey, they're not the Chargers, but the Chargers season's over. Sorry, Connor Halley. It's just true, uh, that their, uh, that their season is over. But if you look at the, uh, look at the conference in the AFC, you've got the, just two, Baltimore, KC, Jacksonville, Miami, right? They're the top four. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Indianapolis. And then you got Houston, six and five, Denver. What about Denver Broncos? We're going to have to talk about them. They've won five in a row. They went from one and five to six and five, and they're right in it. I'll be honest, I didn't see this coming. They looked like an absolute tire fire. But uh, give them credit. The Bills are currently in 10th place. And all the other all the other teams except Baltimore have a game in hand. Because the Bills have to have their bye. So they could potentially, you know, Broncos, Texans, Colts, they could all win. 
Right? Cleveland wins are two games up on them. So it's, uh, it's going to be an anxious weekend for the Bills and their fans. But it's a great race in the AFC. Uh, over in the NFC, man, the uh, Eagles, they just find ways to win. Uh, 49ers, we saw their dominant victory on Thanksgiving. Uh, Detroit, Atlanta. Although Atlanta's like, I wonder if the NFL, because this is happening now a few times. You've got another division leader that's under 500. Although in theory, like you'd probably almost rather finish fifth than finishing third. I know you have to go on the road, but you're going to have an easier opponent. It's kind of ridiculous. This has happened a few times. Uh, the Falcons are under 500, but they lead their division. Brutal. Brutal. And then the Vikings and Seahawks uh, round up the uh, the final few uh, playoff spots. Packers, who have suddenly uh, won two in a row, beat some pretty good teams. Suddenly they're in the mix. The Rams. Saints are obviously in the mix and the Bucks because they're in the terrible division. But also, Connor, I know you're a big football guy, and you watch the Alabama game. It was crazy, the ending. But also in Washington, and when you consider cons, that it's kind of like the demise of that conference. It's unfortunate to watch how it's unfolding. But this past weekend, those were some of the greatest finishes I've seen in recent memory for college football. Yeah, yeah, the Pac-10, Pac-12, uh, obviously Oregon leaving. That one wasn't maybe the the thriller you're talking about, but yeah, kind of a, an end of an era with the conferences shifting and obviously now Travels Week going to become such a big thing. But yeah, we were really spoiled to a very fun weekend. Uh, NFL and college football, Michigan, Ohio State uh, gave us a little bit of a show as well there. That's a big win for Michigan, doing it without their, their head coach, who's obviously still facing that suspension. Uh, curious to see, and maybe Declan can let us know how it's going to be, but the, the rankings, how much might change? Ohio State, number two, going in. Uh, Washington, like you said, over Washington State, that's a big win for them. It was a definitely a very fun one. Uh, Gregor, I just want to go on record and say that was an unprovoked shot at the Chargers. But, Dude, it's the truth. Your team's junk. But if if they lose to the Patriots, if. I'm, I'm taking a hiatus. <laughs> it's not good for the mental health. They... <laughs> They ruined my laugh. weekend, and uh, uh, like you know how like Oilers fans were livid. That's mm-hmm. how I became last night. And uh, but were you expecting your team to win going into the weekend? Like uh, honestly, no. But okay. when they hang around and keep it within three points, and then keep fumbling the football away, the, yeah. the frustration got there. And you know I can't even get mad at Staley. The last two weeks, his defense has done enough to keep them in games. It's true. And Herbert is you know doing his thing, but Keenan Allen and. Austin Eckler fumbling and dropping balls when it matters. So yeah. I think if they lose to the Patriots, I might have to take a bit of a hiatus and do some soul searching. Ooh, geez. It's a, uh, it's tough go, man. Yeah. When you're, uh, I can tell you Connor how now yours would be different reasons. Cause I, uh, I elected to, uh, to give up on my team because I just, I didn't respect the owner. I couldn't do it anymore. And it's been quite freeing. I'll admit now there are days when, you know, I don't have the same passion watching the games. That's valid. So you do, you do lose something. And I'll admit, once Ross is gone in Miami, I would cheer for them again. Once he's done. But right now, like, I barely even watch their highlights. I don't watch their games. I'm just like, I'm out. It's like when you break up with someone, to me, the, I always tell people, I remember telling Tommy G this, right? He'd break up with a girl and they'd follow each other on I'm like, why? You're just torturing yourself. They're not in your life anymore. They were there for a while. Great. You're out. So out of sight, out of mind. I know what their record is. They're an exciting team. And when, you know what, when there's a big game, obviously I'd watch it. But it doesn't, um, the first few years it was odd. Now it's been a few years, so it doesn't really bother me. So I'm not sure if you're ready yet to give up on your team. There's a no. lot, there's quite a few Charger fans in town. But I did see the stat. I'm not sure who put it out there. But Justin Herbert, since he's come in, he's played 60 games. They're 30 and 30, so they're average. And they've scored one more point than they've allowed. So basically, they are what the record says. They're average. In his first three years, he had scored the most points from a quarterback coming into the league. And his defense had given up the oh, most yeah. points in a three-year span. That's why I don't, like, so, Farhan Lalji, I'd like to debate with him. He's like, wow. His, I said, when you're the quarterback, you have nothing to do with the defense. If all you're doing is scoring points and they never stop anything, how's that your fault? But lately, the last few years, eh, the offense could be better, especially they've had some good weapons. 
When they're healthy. When they're healthy, yeah. Oh, that's the joke online. Justin Herbert's got to play better defense. That's simply it. He's not been good enough on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> and he's got to elevate his game. I, I'm not going to ever give up on the Chargers, but I just I can't watch these close games anymore. It's too stressful. Yeah. Hey, Gregor, would you make this trade? Montombo, Monahan, retain 500K, Savard, Evans for Campbell, McLeod, Broberg, a first, a second, and Borgo. Okay, just wait. So you're giving up two young prospects in Broberg and Borgo, a first and a second, and McLeod to get rid of Campbell to get what? Like, what do you want David Savard for? How is he helping your team? He's 3.5 mil. He did, he, the owners have no need for Savard. He, does, he doesn't help their team in any fashion. His foot speed is gone. Um, He's also, like, where is he going to play? Like, you think he's a third-pair defenseman at 3.5 mil? Like, I don't think he's a second-pair defenseman anymore to play minutes, right? Um, So, no, I, I don't even consider that. I'm not giving up four pro- – like, Sean Monaghan's a great value contract. The great value contract. But you're not going to have to give up that much to get him. I get you want to get rid of Jack Campbell. But to me, that all you're doing there is getting rid of one pro. I don't even know if Montembeau is any good. We had Kevin Woodley on. I'm not, uh, I'm not doing that at all. I, I don't see how that trade um, helps the orders in any fashion. Hey, Gregor, it's good to see Connor and Leon and the other top six players, but it's the same problem as last season. It hides the fact bottom six is producing almost nothing. Holland needs to get on the phone and address this soon. Maple Jed. Maple Jed, here's the thing. I'll show you some numbers. So the Edmonton Orders, through 20 games this year, have scored 66 goals. Right? Last year, through 20 games, do you know how many goals the Orders scored? 66. Now, McDavid and Dreisaitl have combined for 11 fewer goals this year. Do you know where the extra goals are coming from? Now, last year, Fogel had three goals in the first 20. This year, he has three. Derek Ryan had two. This year, he has two. But the Orders actually have 15 goal scorers this year. They had 12 last year. The Orders had four players scoring the, the vast majority of their goals. This year, they have um, eight fewer goals from their top four goal scorers than they had last year. So... um I look at the at the orders. Yeah, you know what? James Hamlin's like what more production do you want from James Hamlin? Fogel is about a three goals every 20 game guy. That's a 12 to 14 goal score. That's what he is. That's what he's always been. Nothing wrong with that. Now, Ryan McLeod got a whole lot of nothing, right? Obviously, he needs to produce more. Derek Ryan's kind of producing the same pace he produced that. Well, the exact same pace he produced that last year. Sam Gagne got you two goals in limited minutes. Darnell Nurse, three goals in 20 games last year, three goals in 20 games this year. Last year it was Tyson Berry had three goals. This year Evan Bouchard has three. Actually, the order's defense because Ekholm has three as well. The order's blue line has chipped in uh, with more goals for sure. Evan Bouchard has five. He had zero last year through the uh, the first 20 games. But uh, the orders actually have 15 goal scores uh, compared to 12. And then by the end of the year, they got guys going. Um, Ryan McLeod and Connor Brown are not... I'll, I will... And I've not had a lot of luck lately. But I'd be... If I was in a position to wager, which I'm not, Ryan McLeod and, and Connor Brown's next quarter is going to be a lot more productive than the first quarter. Right? Like Ryan McLeod... What Ryan McLeod needs to do... Is go in the back locker room and readjust the scope on his stick. How many chances his some of his best chances is he missing the net on? Now that's a sign of a guy trying to make the perfect shot. Because usually you end up going wide. So to me, I would just be like, Ryan, put your head down and shoot. Sometimes shots go through guys that might create a rebound, but when you miss the net, it limits any opportunity of chaos for the most part. Because chaos comes off of second and third opportunities. Um, I don't. Uh, I'm not too. The orders. the The biggest. The biggest myth in Edmonton for the last many years is oh, bottom six scoring, bottom six scoring. No, the number one problem that has been there last year and the year before and the year before and the year before and the year before and the year before, the year before goals against. Reduce those. Then they got something. 
They had every guy in the bottom six have 10 goals last year by the end of the season. And oh, by the way, in the first 20 games, they didn't have many. I just outlined it. But you know what the problem was again last year, come playoffs, goals against. That's what they got to improve on. Don't worry about going to get some guy that you think is going to score eight goals. Who cares? How many goals are they going to prevent? That's the issue. That should be the only focus in Edmonton. They got more than enough offense. More than enough offense. So to me, it is all about goals against. So on the program today, we will uh, hear from uh, Annie Petrillo. She always joins us in the uh, four o'clock hour. Uh, Bronte, uh, two minute warning with Cam Tate. Uh, Ruthie Belinsky will uh, join us. Also, uh, Dan Rosen will go around the NHL. Kevin Woodley got lots of goalie stuff to talk about with Woodley today. Talk to him like. Like, what do you make of the man? Am I making too much of the Manny Lang? I thought Manny Lang was the, I'd heard like it was a gong show as a goalie coach in Columbus. So is he the guy? And how much of this is mental for Jack Campbell? I would say probably a lot of it. And uh, the orders, they do have the luxury that Skinner can play Tuesday and Thursday. Then they don't play again until the fall and Wednesday. And then they don't, they play like Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. You know what I mean? Like they're, they don't have a, Overly busy schedule. Here they're they're in a stretch where they play one of nine games on the road. They don't they don't have to cross the border. They're just going to Winnipeg. The toughest part they have is taking the bus to get to Winnipeg. Right? That's the toughest part that they have here for travel. Quick break. Uh, we'll return. The Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. You can always get involved. You can text us at 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. 226. Welcome back. Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Coming to you live as always in the E-Well studio. Proudly sponsored by your local electrical distributor. You need anything? They got it all. E-W-E-L. And they always remind you, stay Tune for an electrifying show that'll light up your day, just like they will light up your life and business at ewel.ca. A uh, quick one. Hey guys, uh, Cotter and Leon's ice time seems to be a scale back for, uh, from their usual. Do, do you think this weight in the order of success? I like the balance ice time from Ian. Well, Ian, uh, I'll say this. In uh, McDavid's first, uh, before the coaching change, in his first 11 games, he averaged 22 minutes and one second per game. In the first five games under Chris Knobloch, he played 21 minutes and 57 seconds. So a grand total of four seconds less per game. So basically no difference. Now the last two games, because they were monumental blowouts early, then uh, he played, what was it, uh, 18 minutes uh, last game and uh, I think 19 the game before. So those two games, if you just go on a small sample size of seven, will be like, oh, now he's down a full minute a game. But it's only because the last two were blowouts. And any smart coach is like, I don't have to rest the guy. So even in the two blowouts, he's only been an average of one minute less per game. But that's misleading, as I outlined, because in the first five, he was playing the exact same. You're not going to play McDavid fewer minutes. Because McDavid even, like we're talking, you lower McDavid a minute, that's one shift a game. Do you think in that one shift, your other line's going to make that much of a difference? Probably not. I don't think ice time's ever been the issue for me for Connor McDavid. So I don't, uh, I'm not block himself even said, like, trust me, there'll be games where McDavid plays 24 minutes. When the orders are winning and they're comfortably winning, then you can rest them. And I think that's what's going to happen. Let's get to the oil report brought to you by Volvo cars, Edmonton.com. You have a few days left. Their Black Friday deals. Stays right until Thursday, where you can get any 2023 model and take $7,500 off. Whoo, pretty sweet deal. Or get 1.49% financing right now at VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. As uh, Robin Brownlee, a.k.a. Ruben Barante, uh, joins us from uh, OrdersNation.com. And uh, Rubes, uh, two pretty convincing victories since we spoke to you last uh Blanking Washington, 5 nothing, not really giving up a whole bunch. And then uh, Anaheim outside of maybe the first five minutes of the game. Uh, they fully controlled that game, didn't give up very much. Uh, their offensive guys are back. McDavid has nine points in two games and uh, is looking very confident again. Drysaddle figured out how to one-time the puck again, and I say that facetiously because we obviously knew that was going to come back. So, you know, now, though, it's a test against Vegas. No question it's a bigger test. But I see the orders, and I know they're 7-12-1. 
I would rubber stamp them still as a as a playoff team because when I look at Arizona and I look at Nashville and I look at Seattle and I look at Calgary and I look at Anaheim, I'm like they're not better. Like so, maybe St. Louis because they have a, a little bit of a a gap right now of uh, of eight point lead. Overall, I still think Edmonton's a a playoff team. The problem is they might not be a home ice advantage playoff team. You know what, Jason? I I can't. When I look at the teams ahead of the Oilers, I don't disagree with you at all. Which doesn't necessarily make for great radio, but tell me a better team than the Oilers that are in that wild card race. I don't see one. They've had a lousy start. We all know what they've done and haven't done. Uh, these two games, to me, uh, I see it turnaround now you have to keep gathering points in the standings you don't win two games and all of a sudden everything's cool but in that post game last night you were talking uh you were in that scrum with mcdavid and the one thing that you talked about was the confidence factor and i know that word gets thrown around a lot but the fact is, even a player as elite as Connor McDavid, if he's not feeling it, if it's not working for him, and say he's fighting a little bit of an injury like he was after coming back missing those two games, it's not just automatic. Even the best players have times where it's not working for them. He looks so much different in these last couple of games. Uh, the points are fantastic, but to even take away the points – He's creating things. He looks energized. Uh, not everything he's shooting is going in. He's got a lot of assists in this last two-game stretch. But he just looks like he's feeling it, like he's making things happen. He's creating. He looks like a different player. And you, you can see it. And he talks about confidence. And a lot of times it's the guys lower in the lineup. Oh, I finally got one. It's confidence, confidence. It's it's the same at the top of the marquee, too, whether it's Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid. We're seeing that now. The Oilers aren't out of it, and they haven't had the A version of Connor McDavid for the vast majority of their games this season. So you add that to the roster that's around him, tell me a better bet to rise up through the wild card ranks than the Oilers. I don't see one. No, I don't. Uh, I don't see one either. Um, you know, McDavid. Gets, hey, I don't care what team you are. When your best players are your best players, you have a much better chance to win. The Oilers' best players last night: McDavid, Drysaitel, Nugent Hopkins, Nurse, Kane, Hyman. Like they, they are the best players uh, by far. Although there is one guy I do want to talk about, and you know, James Hamlin. No one really talked about him at the start of training camp. Hey, maybe this is a guy who's competing for the fourth line center job. But I'll tell you right, the way he's played. Like right now, that guy has really locked himself in as a fourth line center spot, at least for the time being. You know, I want to see how the season goes along. And, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily sold that, you know, you have him and Ryan on your, on your fourth line, uh, or even both in your bottom six long term. But man, he's come in and, um, you know, he's given the orders a, a real big boost. Yeah. And you know what? He's a good story. And that came out, of course, of that first goal that, uh, you know, when he pointed skyward and said, that's for you, mom. I mean, that's, that's a wonderful, uh, you know, sidebar there, but he looks effective. Um, you know, he got a little bit lucky, uh, last night with the, with the first shot coming right back to him and burying it. But this is, that's what you need from further down your lineup. And, you know, a guy like that comes in, he takes, you know, I know, I'm sure he was feeling like he's feeling a little bit of pressure uh, early on. I mean, nobody's expecting big things from him, but he's here. You want to stay here. Um, you got to do something, and it can't all just be energy and hustle. You'd like to produce a little bit. So, I mean, you know, he that's all you need from him. He doesn't need to be prolific. What you need is every once in a while from that bottom end, and I think you pointed it out. It's not the, the the bottom group of six forwards, even though some of the names have changed. We talk about that balance and depth scoring. It has been a problem at times, but it's not the ongoing problem it sometimes sounds like. And a guy like Hamlin comes in, gets one every once in a while. That's all you want from that bottom line. Just don't give up, uh, you know, to use the pool terms, just don't give up more than you make. That's the key when you're a bottom six guy. Oh, just don't give up. Orders are getting crushed 
goals against wise. That that's their issue. That that's always been their issue. Yeah. Like their bottom six scored more than enough last season. It's uh it's goals against that uh, that need to be better. Like like Adam Ernie, for instance, in the five games that Adam Ernie's played, you know how many goals against he's been on the ice for? In under Chris Knobloch? Zero. They've outshot teams when he's on the ice. Yeah. That's what you want. I don't care that he's scoring. They've out he's been on the ice for three goals for. I don't care that he doesn't have a goal himself. James Hamlin, three and two. Right? That that's what you need. And that to me yep. should be much more the focus. It, it's such a tired thing that, oh, you need more. Edmonton's offense, newsflash people, they led the league in goals last year. Offense wasn't the issue. Pay attention to what has been the issue. Goals against, goals against, goals against. Then t- you, people should play a drinking game with their friend. And the next time one of their friend talks about the fact huh. that their bottom six doesn't score, they should throw a drink in their face, make it water, yeah. and that should be the one. Wake up, grab a clue, and understand what's been lacking on the team. It's goals against. That's what needs to be reduced. Well, exactly right. And, and here's the thing. The, the goals against at 74 right now uh, versus 66, you're a minus eight team right now. You can't be a minus and be a serious contender. I'm sure if we looked it up, you probably can. Somebody snuck in there doing that. But rule of thumb, if you're a minus eight, uh, 20 games into the season, um, you're not playing good enough defense when you're that far down the goals against uh, uh, totals. And, you know, last night, I don't know if when you thought it turned, Jason, but I thought, because you mentioned earlier, uh, it wasn't a matter of bad goals so much uh, with Skinner, but he just looked shaky when he was handling the puck. Some loose pucks came in, and he kind of fumbled with them, and he seemed a, a little bit tied up uh, by the puck from time to time, a little bit awkward. But a couple of weeks ago, whether it was Campbell or whether it would be Skinner, you knew that third goal was coming. And it when it didn't come this time, he looked he went from looking awkward and uncomfortable to looking locked in. And I don't know if it was that glove save or but somewhere along the line, Stuart Skinner said that's it. And he he didn't even have to be that great along the way. They didn't allow a bunch of grade A chances. He was just solid, and that's all you need. And that's when McDavid and Hyman and Drysidle and all those other guys took over, and uh, it, it was a runaway by the time it ended. But that could have gone easily the other way had we seen that one more goal that we saw too often during the losing streak. Robin Brown joins us on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Uh, you could easily run Skinner the next two games and they have a long break, right? Then you have uh, Carolina, but... Yeah. When do you see, like, before the goaltending thing um, becomes an issue that you're now suddenly playing Skinner way too much? Now, I know he's young, but Skinner can't be a guy that at the end of the regular season is playing 60 games. I don't think that's good for your team, especially come playoff time. Well, you know what? We use numbers uh, a lot, Jason. We look at it, and going into the season, I completely agreed. I think the one thing... Uh, that you have to look at is the schedule, obviously, but you have to ask the player. And I know players, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. It seems to be in their DNA. But when I look at this schedule uh, now and with the, the, the six coming up, starting with Carolina, Minnesota, Jersey, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Florida. There are those gaps in between. You can play them. Do you want to play them? I don't know. But that's when, as a coach, I think you go to your goaltender and you got to have enough honesty where you make the call as the coach. But if the goaltender says, you know what, I'm good. Uh, oh, come on, you, you always say that. No, coach, I'm good. I feel good. I feel sharp. What is what is this performance to say at that at at that point when you have the conversation? You look at the performances, you talk to the player, the same as a player, a position player, and you make a call. Then um, I don't think you want to have him play in sixty. Uh, I can tell you, you don't. This is not age. about thinking. <laughs> well, I I sometimes wonder what Glenn Hall thinks when we talk about sixty as a big number. You know, it's, totally, it's, it's not relevant. I know. To the conversation. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I know. But 
I think you ask the player. Uh, that's the high end. You can count the guys on one hand who play 60 games uh, in a season now. I don't know if Skinner can be one of those. Uh, what happens with Jack Campbell? What happens with Calvin, Calvin Pickard? I think the first question involves Pickard at this point. When's the best time to to slot him in there? Um, you know, we've got uh, Manny Legacy working with, with – uh, <laughs> Campbell that's a head shaker to me I never thought I never really thought of Manny Legacy as a as a great goaltender let alone a great goaltending coach but that's yet to be seen if Campbell wants him around have him around uh so I don't know I hear that I hear that's only temporary Robin right like it's for a few days um it's you know it's it's a sign hey you know what maybe you know you get something uh, whatever maybe he's uh the the whisper like a lot of people asked about uh emu who was in in los angeles with them who who worked quite well but uh, yeah i'm i i had a few texts from people around the league when they heard about the manny legacy one and said uh you know hey maybe we should and so i dug into and i i heard some not overly flattering stuff about his time in columbus so i don't uh i definitely yep. wouldn't think that that's a great long-term or even short-term answer well, he was certainly good for the Oilers in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but uh, that's that's a whole different situation. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever, you know, I mean, you're going to do what you can as an organization to try and get Campbell right. You're going to work the phones as well and see what you can get done if you feel that's the way you've got to go. Um Right now, Pickard's the first first guy up, I would think, and that to me, like I just said, Jason, I think that involves. I mean, Chris Knobloch is not an experienced NHL coach, but he's certainly an experienced coach, and he's you know he's dealt with players like Pickard a lot, frankly, with his with time in the minors, and you know he knows when he can probably knows when he can spot him in there and and not hurt the club. There's going to be a game or two. Uh, where you can afford to use your backup. Not that you have a ton of luxuries when your record is what the Oilers' record is now, but there's games there that if you feel Skinner needs a, a rest or he tells you, hey, I could use a break, I don't feel sharp, I'm well, physically tired or I'm mentally tired, um, go with it. But uh, this is about as favorable a schedule as you could get with the team seemingly emerging from this funk they've been in. You couldn't ask for a better setup. Yeah, Vegas comes to town. Uh, they're banged up. They're playing third game in four nights. Man, if you can't beat Vegas tomorrow night, oof, you're not going to get many easier yep. times. Like, look at their back end, right? Theodore is not on the trip. Martinez isn't on the trip. Um, they, they'll be the third game in four nights. Like, you better – the Oilers, that's a game again that you got to win for sure. So uh, we'll see how they show up tomorrow. Rubes, have a good one. We'll talk to you Thursday. Okay, Jason, see you, man. There you go. That's uh, Robin Brownlee joining us uh, every Monday and Thursday here on Sports 1440. Got a lot of texts coming in at uh, 833-401-1440. We'll get to all those. we got the uh, two-minute warning and more when we return on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. Rodeo clowning felt like an exciting opportunity. Boy, was I ever wrong. The Bulls. So predictable. But you know what's exciting and unpredictable? PlayAlberta.ca. I can bet on any sports game, play online casino games anytime, and buy lottery tickets anywhere. PlayAlberta.ca. Go all in on excitement. Sign up today and get over $100 in welcome bonuses. Remember, if you gamble, use your game sense. 245 Sports 1440. Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Jason Greger. Connor Halley. With you, uh, we're going to get to uh, Cam Tate and the uh, two-minute warning uh, momentarily. Hey, Gregor, I saw a video online of uh, you and Connor McDavid. Uh, it looked like you were looking at a screen last night. Uh, what was it you guys were analyzing? Uh, yeah, I saw uh, Tony Brar had um, tweeted that out. It's actually uh, Cam Tate was uh, was in the room in front of us, and because uh, Cam Cam's in a wheelchair, obviously the camera had uh, was not panning a, a full shot. So um, yes. Um, there's no, uh, there's rarely any, uh, I've never watched a video with, uh, with Connor McDavid. So <laughs> we were, uh, um, chatting, uh, well, Cam, uh, Connor and I had been talking about, uh, something that we'll discuss on the show, uh, tomorrow, but, and then, uh, Cam, uh, wheeled in and, uh, him and Connor were talking. I think, uh, Connor signed something for him for a charity event, actually, if I'm not mistaken. 
and uh, they're just having a conversation. Cam hadn't seen him in a while, so that's uh, that's what that was about for anybody uh, wondering. There was no uh, there was no video uh, monitor on the uh, floor uh, in the room at the time. Just uh, just Tater. So there we go. And uh, speaking of Cam Tate, we'll get to the uh, two minute warning. Cam Tate, if you missed it, a longtime uh, writer here in town. Uh, Cam has cerebral palsy. He's in a wheelchair. And uh, because of the cerebral palsy, um, has difficulty at times uh, speaking uh, clearly, but with the, uh, he's always wanted to be in radio. And so through the wonders of technology, uh, we have the two minute warning every Monday and Friday with Tate. And here it is Jason Greger. What a beauty. But I wonder about his spending habits. At last night's Euler game, Gregor told me his banker called to see if Gregor wanted more overdraft. Gregor said he did since he loves every kind of beer. Fast Eddie here, reading Cam Tate's words. Did you see Connor McDavid's goal Sunday night? The three-on-one, eleven minutes in the game, where he fired one from the circle and ended up in the far right corner of the net. McDavid's goal, 309 of his career, tied the score at two against the Anaheim Ducks. Now, did you see what happened next? How McDavid zoomed behind the net, gracefully gliding into the southwest corner of Rogers' place without his stick in the air? Did you see a fist pump or a celebration? Nobody did. McDavid's face was emotionless, stoic. No big deal. He didn't feel there was anything to go gaka about. A little more than two hours later, the Oiler captain patiently waited for the media scrum to shift to interview him in the Oilers' dressing room after the Oilers' 20th game of the season. He wasn't on his phone talking or texting about his tying goal and the other four assists. He had body language. We've heard about it with this Oiler team before in a negative way, but not Sunday. The Oilers have dug themselves into a hole early on in the season with two consecutive wins, and more importantly, seeing the type of play expected from the Oilers, it's clear to see the shovels are finally hard at work. I asked McDavid why he didn't celebrate the goal. He said he knows there are more, a lot more, goals to come, and he's going to wait to celebrate until they come, or feels the temperature is just right for some jubilant jumps. And to me, it speaks to McDavid's maturity, which could send a message to the team. And at this juncture of where the Oilers are sitting in their season, it was great to see. Did you see it? The two-minute warning with Cam Tate. Jason Greger Show. Sports, 1440. Yeah, McDavid, uh, well, the last few games, obviously everybody watching has, uh, has seen, you know, that it really, to me, it started in the Florida game. Uh, when he scored that goal, all of a sudden, uh, you know, his jump came back and confidence is a strange beast, uh, even for the best player in the league. And, uh, now that you have Connor McDavid go, and when Connor McDavid goes, I think it elevates other players. I don't think there's any question about it, right? Uh, that creates a little bit more space. Like Zach Hyman has played really well all season. Evander Kane, uh, those two have probably been the most consistent order forwards. Right, offensively. Uh, Warren Fogel's been pretty consistent, right? Like he's, he's never been a big finisher, but he creates a lot, works hard. I have no issue with his game. I think he's, he's probably been in the top three for sure as far as most consistent forwards, just all around an effort, what you'd expect from night in, night out. You got some other guys that are obviously uh, struggling, like Ryan McLeod is gonna, now he doesn't have the, the skill set of a McDavid who, Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Who generates so many chances, eventually it would just seem impossible that he wouldn't break out of his funk. That's not Ryan McLeod. But what there are some things that I believe Ryan McLeod can do that will help increase his chances of producing number one hit the net look at how many times mcleod is in a good shooting spot again last night and doesn't even get it on net now i understand you know what uh, he's he's in a funk he's his offensive confidence isn't where he wants it to be no question and so you, you try to make the perfect shot ends up being a worse shot because missing the net is to me it's awful because it doesn't even create a chance for a potential rebound. Nothing. The puck's behind the net, goes off the glass. It, like, it's funny. You Even if you slug one right into the goalie's chest, it doesn't seem to be as negative a thought as a guy who's going high, hard off the glass, which happens too often for McLeod. The other thing is eventually with his speed, he's going to have to learn. He can, Teams are just, the defenseman's like, hey, man, no problem. I'll gap you up, I'll angle you, and I'll just let you circle behind the net. Because he hasn't shown yet a willingness to take it to the net. And that's what I believe he has to do. That's where the majority of goals are scored. He doesn't have an outside shot like Matthews or Ovechkin, even Dry Settles one timer, that's going to beat you from distance. It's not in his game. It's like 90% of the players, it's not in their game. So he's got to go to the net. And if I was Chris Knobloch, when when the orders, they play, they have a day off today, they play Vegas, then they'll skate tomorrow, fly to Winnipeg, so it'll be a short a short skate. They play in Winnipeg on Thursday. Then they have Friday off and Saturday off. And then they'll play, um, or they practice for three days. In those three days, I'm telling you, I am, uh, I am getting Ryan McLeod to just work on taking the puck to the net and then just... You know, get some confidence, hit the net. Just shoot, just put some, you know, go old school. Put a shooter tutor in there and just pick a corner. Just get used to doing it. It's got to start in practice. Now, let's get to the uh, football report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your first. Want to stay warm all winter? Plan ahead, legacyheating.ca. As uh, Ruthie Polinski joins us from NBC in Chicago. Ruthie, how you doing? I'm good. We're definitely going to need to stay warm here. I can tell you, it's definitely turned. Got a little snow. <laughs> it's it's chilly in Chicago. I'll tell you that much. Now, is is that beneficial? Do you think in your eyes to the Bears' offense? You know, uh, sure. I mean, of course, tonight they're on the road. You know, in Minnesota, in a dome, which obviously helps everyone. But I think it is. I think they practice outside. I think it's part of their routine. They know how to prepare for it. Um, so I think having Soldier Field as an outdoor stadium when they do play at home is certainly a benefit. Yeah, and I look at like at Justin Fields. There's like the Bears are probably annoyed. Like they had Detroit on the ropes and weren't able to finish him off a while back. Like they've shown signs, like the record's terrible. I get it, but they've been in games. Now maybe that's just a facade. Maybe they're in the game, but ultimately they're not good enough to win the game. So doesn't matter if you lose by three or lose by 13, you still don't win. Where do you come out on the Bears? Are they, are they closer to a, average competitive team because i see all these close losses are they just a, a bad team that can stay in games i think they're getting better that's that's kind of what i have for you i think defensively they're getting better they're adding really elite players but it's a work in progress and i think there's a lot of frustration here in chicago as i'm sure you can imagine you know one of the best sports city in america sports cities in america and none of their teams are winning right now so it's there's a lot of frustration a lot of anger i think a lot of people want change you know from the top down inside the bears organization and i'm really in the camp of these things take time and it takes time they basically sold off the roster last season after they 
beat the Patriots in Monday Night Football, and they struggled, you know, from that point on. And that's because they just didn't have that many good players. They have better players on the team this season, uh, and that shows in these qu- really, really close losses. And it just feels a little bit more complimentary, uh, a more complimentary brand of football in all three phases. But I would just say that these things take time. I mean, Ryan Pohl set it up perfectly in the off season, and he said, you know, I'm about 75 to 80 percent of where I want to be. That's not a complete team, and he knows there's still work to do um so i think we're seeing progress i think there are six games left for justin fields to show that he's the guy he certainly got the job done um for you know three and three quarters of a quarter you know last week he was phenomenal sensational every word it was the brand of justin fields football that we want to see um but now he has six games to show that he can do it on a consistent basis and also be able to finish games when he has the ball in his hands you know with a minute 30 or two minutes to go so um I think there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of frustration, but I, I do feel like the players are playing hard for Matt Eberflus. They are locked in. They care about winning. This is not a team that has won three games and has thrown in the towel, and I think everyone's going to see that on Monday Night Football tonight. Now, like they win tonight. Uh, they've got as many wins as the Chargers, Jets, Buccaneers, right. Titans, Giants, Commander. You know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. So it's, it's suddenly like they're not. Now, if they lose, then, uh, you know, they're fully trans. Only New England, Arizona and the Panthers have, have fewer wins than them. And so, you know, people, I, a lot of people say, OK, there's six games for Justin Fields. Well, let's say the Bears don't get the number one pick. Right. Um, which would right. seem odd at this point. Like, do you sure. see them going any other route with a quarterback or do they just sign Justin Fields, but maybe try to limit the contract? Like, I'm not sure he, he has the 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 resume right now to command the massive two hundred million dollar deal. Yeah, well, you can keep him for another year. Um, you could keep him for another year before making a decision about his contract. Okay. I think this would just be the opportunity to sign him um to the to the um, fifth year option or keep him for the fifth year option. So I think this season, I think next season. Here's my opinion on what they should do if if Justin continues to play the way we saw last week and a few games earlier in the season is I think you keep Justin Fields and maybe you take a quarterback in a later round and let that quarterback sit for a year mm-hmm. behind Justin Fields if you're really high on him. Make make it a quarterback competition even in, in training camp and really choose your best guy. But we're seeing how hard it is for these rookie quarterbacks to come into the league right away um, especially in this day and age when it's such a passing league I think there's a massive transition there and and you're seeing what it did to the Carolina Panthers and their organization who fired their coach today not even one season in so um, and like you were mentioning I mean there are a lot of bad teams right now there are a lot of bad teams in the league and it's funny when the Panthers fired their coach today a lot of people are saying man I mean especially with the Bears playing on Monday night and you're watching you know the other teams in the league playing on Sunday you're like, man, you know, it, it could be worse. So I, I think there's a level of that. I think it's, it's always a question of you fire the coach, you know, who are you going to go get? Or are we sure Caleb Williams is as good as everyone wants him to be? And I think there's just a lot of uncertainty. You know what you have in the building. And I think you can make some changes on the coaching staff, certainly. But uh, this is a team that is certainly still building and they look better than they did a year ago right now, whether that means they're winning or losing. Well, the crazy part about this is uh, dr- last year's draft for the uh, for the Bears on on what they uh, they gave up for the receiver and in D- in DJ Moore, um, yeah. and uh, now they're gonna they get Car- like Carolina. Oh my goodness! They just their owner just fired this coach, but I'm like, dude, maybe you want to fire your GM. You gave up the first round pick. Uh, totally. This, like it's, it looks like it's number one, unless somehow the Panthers here shock the world. Uh, down the stretch and find a way and, and yeah. maybe Arizona, well, I guess New England even too, technically, um, right. can, can find a way to knock it out. But Chicago has a pretty good chance to have two top five picks, maybe the first uh, uh, overall right. pick. So let's say hypothetically for fun, they get the number one pick. Is it an automatic they're taking Caleb Willis and they just move on from fields? Like, is that, a, is that like lock stock 100% in your mind? No, not at all. Oh. I, I really don't believe that. And I think, like I mentioned, you know, this these next six games, if Justin shows some growth and consistency, they're they're going to keep an open mind there. Um, I, I think a big part of the problem this year has just been 
a lot of the coaching and the play calling has felt like it wasn't designed for the quarterback. And you see what's happening in other teams where Tua Tungavailoa in Miami gets Mike McDaniel, who basically creates an offense to fit to his skill set. Uh, another example of that would be Brock Purdy in San Francisco, who is literally built to run that offense. So they're just, to me, there just feels like there's a little bit of lack of adjusting on the fly on the offensive side of the ball and really building a team around Justin. It's more like, hey, Justin, we're going to try and fit you into this Green Bay West Coast offense that's really not his style or his brand of what he's good at. So I think if things can trend upwards, I think they could potentially take Caleb Williams. I'm not going to say yes, but I think there are a lot of question marks about that guy, not just on the field, but also just some (laughs) of his off-the-field behavior I find a little strange. Um, So I I don't think Ryan Poles is going to just automatically take a quarterback number one overall if uh, if there isn't someone that's clearly better than Justin Fields. Now, Ruthie, before I let you go, I know you're a proud of Michigan alum. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> how, how, uh, how how is it like? How do what are Michigan alums saying right now about this whole Harbaugh situation? What's like? I don't know. Is there the, like the Michigan? Do you guys have like a group chat? Everybody's chat. Like, what's right. going on here? No, you know, it feels that way. And it's funny, I, I used to work in Miami. I'm back in the Midwest. And, you know, there's a ton of Michigan grads in Chicago. And, um, you know, it's, when I meet people, they're like, oh, I hate Michigan grads. Like, they're so they're so arrogant and they're so rude. And, I, and my response is always like, we're arrogant because we're better than you. You know, so I always play this game. And I think, you know, the Harbaugh stuff is so fascinating. And I've just talked to a lot of people, you know, in the NFL and who have worked in college. And I think people would be really surprised at how much of this is really happening around, around the country. And because Michigan has really been dominant, um, it's just annoying. It's more annoying and it's getting, it's getting picked apart. I think with Harbaugh, he didn't coach, you know, uh, what is it? Six games, seven games of the season. And, and they're still number two in the country and they won all those games without him. It just kind of shows you how much, the head coach doesn't really matter on game day in a lot of ways in college football. And the play calling is just, it's just been fine and they've been able to get the job done. So I I'm really excited for that team. I think they're playing with a chip on their shoulder because they lost their head coach, but I, I understand where people are sitting there saying, well, that's cheating. Um, but again, I just, I just think there, it's happening more often than people think and Harbaugh rubs people the wrong way. And I think people want to come after him. Oh, well, yeah, I don't think there's any, any question, uh, about that. Um, it is, to me, this is like to suspend a coach, and I agree with you, to suspend a coach not there on game day, but he, he can, he can help be part of practice and do everything all week long. That's where all the preparation is, right? Everybody talks about, totally. hey, success comes from preparation. So to me, it's, it's kind of like a half-assed suspension. If you're going to do it, then he's like, he's not allowed around the facility. That's, that to me would be a totally. legit, uh, suspension. So, uh, one final one quickly going back to the Bears. Sure. Um, do you sense like our Bears fans like let's just lose out now, right? Like they're not. Do they want victories down the stretch? Or are they just like as much as maybe you want Justin Fields? Or do Bears fans say let's lose out? Maybe we can have the number one and number two pick. There is definitely a collection of Bears fans that want that. I can promise you that that's not what ownership wants. That's not what the coaching staff wants. They need to win games to keep their jobs. So they're going to do their best to keep these guys playing. And you know they're adding talent to this team. They're not selling so it's it's a it's a work in progress the GM's only in his second year but really kind of feels like his first year of building this roster and um, I I I just don't see that happening I think these players are bought in and I mentioned earlier you know Matt Eberflus say what you want about his record and and you know the way this team hasn't been able to finish games but I'm telling you these guys are bought in and they love him just to talking to some of the coaches and the and the players off the record even it's a it's a very solid locker room right now Um, I'm going to be fascinated to see how they look tonight against Minnesota after that brutal loss last week if they play angry or if they are maybe more nervous it'll be interesting to kind of see how this team responds I think tonight's going to be a big indicator of how the front office and how the the ownership moves forward Ruthie thanks for your time enjoy the the game tonight appreciate it Thanks for having me on, Jason. I appreciate it. You betcha. That's uh, Ruthie Polinsky joining us uh, from Chicago, the Bears. That's unbelievable. How often do you see a team in Carolina? Now, I'm sure when Carolina made the trade last year, they didn't think they were going to give up the uh, the first overall pick <laughs> the following year. But that's what it looks like they're going to do. So, yowzers. They, uh, they got the quarterback they wanted last year. Hasn't uh, worked out yet, which is the norm. Remember Peyton Manning? Like, I think NFL teams need to – I love what Warren Moon said. 
be more patient in developing young quarterbacks, you got a better chance. So, um, Caleb Williams, it's going to be a fascinating story. But what about the Bears? Two of the top four picks, maybe two of the top three. But, man, it's going to be quite the race because the Patriots don't look like they can win. They might get in the number one pick, too. So it'll be fun to see. Quick break. Uh, we'll return after a Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering. Specialized in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.